Hello, everyone, and welcome to Above the Fold, Episode 4. In this local Walton County podcast, we're, our goal is to bring you news and information relevant to the lives we live here in Walton County and talk about ways we can help work together to make Walton County a better place to live. On today's podcast, Sean and I want to talk a little bit about the most recent final budget hearing for the 2024 budget, some of what occurred there, and also we want to talk about some takeaways from the results of that budget hearing and how that should influence and encourage us and motivate us going forward on what we should do here in Walton County. So at the hearing that took place on the 25th of September sure, of our 23. Uh, I don't know. That's a good point. Their own notice called it both a budget workshop and a budget hearing, which are two different things procedurally, obviously. And when one of the citizens brought that up, they didn't seem to have any real answer other than insisting it was a hearing because, well, I think they wanted to exercise more control than a workshop would have allowed them. And the first thing that is relevant to that control was the discussion that took place at the beginning of the meeting where our new commissioner for District 3, Mr. Brad Drake, uh, made a motion to increase the amount of time that citizens would be allowed to speak above the standard three minutes that this uh, commissioner body normally allows. Uh, there was quite a bit of back and forth on that, and thanks to Mr. Brad Drake for standing up for the right to the people to express their opinions on their local governance and taxation, specifically the taxation expenditures. Uh, but Chairman Glidewell and Mr. Boots McCormick also with him did vehemently argue against the increase in time. Ultimately, the citizens were allowed 10 minutes to speak versus the normal three. And we thank Mr. Drake for that allowance that he fought for. When it came time for the citizens to speak, one of the first subjects came up was a citizen asking for basic clarification and information regarding how the budget got to where it is and how much citizen involvement had been allowed, which was really the singular budget workshop that was held earlier in July with minimal advertising and minimal participation. Uh, those that did attend it found that they kind of rushed through, gave lip service to the line items and took uh, really no input of substance from the citizens that were in attendance of that. But ultimately when citizens voiced their concern over the level of input that was allowed through these processes into the budget, the answer was we hear you and we'll do better next year. Well, you can say those words we'll do better next year, quite literally every year. And there's no requirement to mean them or follow through. I find it somehow doubtful that in previous years, citizens have never had difference with the budget, though Chairman Glidewell did make a, a distinct point to say that last year the budget took five minutes to pass. The one in Defuniac Springs City Council took, what what was it, less than two minutes, according to him, to pass the final hearing. 
I'm not sure what motivation he could have to point these things out other than to try and discourage public input and imply that the public speaking out at this hearing was inappropriate and gumming up the works. Needless to say, though, the citizens were not deterred and the hearing took two and a half hours or a little over, I believe. So there was a lot of citizen input. There was also a lot of input back from Chairman Glidewell as he was explaining to the public how the budget works, even if it wasn't specifically answering the questions put before him. Any any suggestions of reduction um, were basically ignored or excused. Everything's unique about Walton County. You can't compare us to other counties. Uh, you don't understand things of that nature. Some things I do understand, though. While Walton County does have one of the lowest millage rates in the state of Florida, we have per capita some of the highest income in the state of Florida. And for our relatively small population size, that results in a large amount of revenue for RBCC to oversee on the behalf of the citizens. So what do they do with all the money? You would think a county as blessed by revenue and income due to the manner of our industry would then be blessed with good, solid, current infrastructure, wonderful parks, and various other amenities that that excess in revenue would provide. Alas, Walton County doesn't seem to have much of any of those things. There's counties all over the state with much lower per capita revenue that seem to manage far more with far less without getting into county-by-county comparisons. Walton County is unique in, well, compared to a lot of other counties in the way it is structured. 40% of our population lives south of the Bay. That 40% of our population pays over 60% of our revenue, whether that be through ad valorem or millage taxes or bed taxes from the tourism or sales taxes due to the higher prices of things and the higher population density and more shopping opportunities south of the Bay. Just about any way you slice it, this county economically and budgetarily through tax revenues is supported largely by South Walton. Due to Yet the South Walton's infrastructure. Go ahead and say Due to John. the tourist industry. Yeah, we have a singular industry supporting this county, and that industry has grown and boomed in South Walton. It's not to say that South Walton needs to determine everything, but I think it is incumbent upon the citizens of this entire county to take seriously and nurture the goose that's laying the golden egg that sustains Walton County. We have serious infrastructure issues south of the Bay that affect traffic, affect the lives of the 40% that live there, severely hamper our tourism industry that causes our county to thrive and upon which we rely. 
Meanwhile, for infrastructure, I often hear people such as Glidewell and others talk about how many roads, gravel roads they've paved in North Walton. And I'm not saying there's something inherently wrong with putting pavement on a dirt road, but given the structure of this county and the layout of this county, priorities would say that the infrastructure and roads south of the bay are likely needing more attention than north of the bay, or at least at a minimum proportional to the revenue generated and the population density. I know we talk about infrastructure a lot, but it is, in my opinion, one of the fundamental things that we looked for, look towards our government for with our tax money. I mean, we look for sheriffs or police protection, fire protection, in some cases, medical protection, infrastructure, whether that's roads, sewage, uh, electrical grid, things that are fundamental to the structure in which we need to live our lives to allow us to succeed and be in an environment where we can do so. Then once those things are taken care of, we can have discussions about parks, uh, venues for community gatherings, and other things. This county is spending more money buying up property, investing in the real estate market, quite frankly, and paying for study after study after report after report, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for PowerPoints on feasibilities and ideas rather than applying our revenue to real tangible benefits of the citizens through infrastructure, sewer improvements, protecting our environment and things of that nature. Without getting too far down that road and to get back to the budget meeting, ultimately commissioner Drake spoke out against the budget as it was proposed. And he based that on a, a, a fundamental belief that we should not run a deficit budget. And when they reduced the millage rate from 3.636 to 3.6, which was just under $2 million reduction in budget from $318 million to $316 million, so really quite a token reduction. But they plan to take from the reserve revenue, if I'm correct on that, Sean. Yeah, it was the reserve. From the reserve, yeah. The $29 million. Which... Yeah, so that would be removing or pulling from our reserves, which would have the budget actually be running at a $2 million deficit for the 2024. And Commissioner Drake voiced a fundamental uh, disagreement with that on that basis. I believe that was a procedural disagreement meant to make a point, and I absolutely applaud him for that. It threw uh, the proverbial monkey wrench right into the commissioner's uh, or the chairman's face, if you will. And it led to multiple quick recesses where the commissioners went and huddled in the back room behind a closed door with the exception of Commissioner Drake, who uh, remained at the uh, at the dais. Um, as much as possible. 
and uh, ultimately they came back with an agreement to that was after put a the stipulation. They made a phone uh, call. Yes, thank you. Yes, they well, Mister Interim County Attorney Clay Atkinson was not in attendance at this hearing because he was attending the budgetary hearing for the city of Defuniac Springs up in Defuniac Springs and serving as their attorney in that venue. And uh, I believe it was his assistant attorney was at the BCC meeting and struggling mightily. Um, Clay Atkinson has a habit of taking over and telling them how to do business and everything. And his assistant did not seem comfortable doing that. So they adjourned to a back room to call Mr. Clay Atkinson on the phone, on his cell phone, while he was performing his duties as attorney for the city, the municipality of Defuniac Springs budget hearing. Uh, it wasn't I'll the let, budget hearing, was it? I thought it was the budget hearing. It was a city council meeting. Uh, I don't believe it was the budget hearing. Maybe theirs was earlier. Regardless, he was performing his duties It was during the as, eviction meeting. Uh, was it during the... Was it during the eviction meeting? Yeah. Okay, I stand correct. I'm pretty certain. Um, I'll look it up. But I do believe whatever business was in Defuniac was far more important than the budget for Walton County. Yeah, well, clearly it was, except for up until the point where they called him on the phone in one meeting from another meeting. I'll let I'll let the listeners decide if they feel how they feel about the interim county attorney functioning as the municipality attorney for Freeport Paxton and Phoenix Springs while also being the sitting attorney for the uh, TDC the, EDA. Yep, the, exactly the economic development uh, entity and the tourism development council. So. He is the sitting attorney for all these entities within Walton County. With that said, however, um, they ultimately came to this compromise to pass the bill with a caveat that they would have to find these $2 million in savings um, before the bill was or the uh, budget was finalized. And they'd come back on the following day at the next BCC meeting with that solution in hand. Uh, to facilitate the budget. Another thing that was said, and asked, actually Commissioner Drake specifically asked this question as well, why do we have to push so hard to get it now? Why can't we take take a pause? There's clearly a lot of citizens that have issues and things that they wish to continue discussing. Why can't we not take a pause and look at this budget and see where else we might be able to trim it down or make it more appropriate? He was told unequivocally they had until October 1st to turn this budget into the state or we would be on local government shutdown and they wouldn't be able to make payroll or anything. Uh, Commissioner Drake then immediately pushed back on that and said, do we not have enough money in our reserves to do a continuance of operation of governments until such time as we turn that in and the state match for our funds would get turned on? He was told, well, yeah, we have enough, but we don't know how long it would last week, a few weeks. It, it, was, it was very muddied, uh, to say the least. 
And uh, I believe it was Commissioner McCormick who adamantly said the government would be shut down. Few things on that. Sean did some research. And first of all, the date is not October 1st. By Florida statute, it is October 15th. Two full weeks further that we could have worked on this budget. October 1st applies to municipalities. October 15th applies to counties. It's such a simple little thing, you know, the statute that governs things. I don't know why the county government would be looking at a municipality statute and misquote that as the first, or perhaps it wasn't a mistake at all. When that was brought up at the following BCC meeting, the entire Board of County Commissioners sat there and refused to respond to multiple citizens asking that direct question. Well, not just that, but it also states in the um, Florida statute 129.03, preparation and adoption of budget um, under C. It says the board shall hold public hearings to adopt tentative and final budgets pursuant to statute 200.065. The hearing shall be primarily for the purpose of hearing requests and complaints from the public regarding the budget and the proposed tax levies and for explaining the budget and any proposed or adopted amendments. And it That sounds a whole lot like talking about the budget and specifically for citizen involvement requests and complaints. You don't have a publicly dictated hearing for a budget to address complaints and and looking for answers when, oh, it has to be done immediately right now. We can't walk out of this meeting without it done. We can't talk about any line items. We're not here to change anything. No. Commissioner Gladwell, when asked, then why are we doing this? His response in a quote was, because it's the law. That's telling me as a citizen hearing that your voice doesn't matter. This is a formality. We're required by law to hold this meeting, but it means nothing to us. We're only here to check a legal box, not to listen to you, not to care what you have to say. And Commissioner Drake had to fight to even get our time increased to speak. He had to fight to get them to balance the budget properly and not do a deficit that they love to say balanced budget, which reminds me of another point I wanted to make here or discuss. More than one citizen specifically pointed out that just because a balance, a budget is balanced statutorily in Florida, as in the income meets the, or the incoming meets the outgoing funds, balance does not mean that it is a proper or prioritized, prioritized, prioritized budget for the needs of the people. Those are two completely different things. You can have a balanced budget all day that spends the money in all the wrong places, but it ends up with a zero balance at the end. And so statutorily, it meets that. And each time that was brought up by a citizen, the chairman's response was, it's a balanced budget. It's balanced. Completely and entirely ignoring the point 
and interest of the citizens. That's a level of disrespect for the office and disrespect for those who vote for the commissioners. That's hard for me to understand. We had another commissioner that basically sat there for the entire meeting, offering nothing to the conversation. Uh, we had the chairman explaining, explaining, as I like to say, things at, at levels and in means that did nothing to answer the concerns of the public, but tried to excuse or explain away things that weren't even relevant often to the questions asked. Uh, absorbing time from the citizens who were up there to speak. In the end, however, with the promise that we'll do better next year, the budget passed with the the slight uh, drop in millage, uh, other than a few positions that were removed that weren't even filled, uh, removing a few future positions and a few vehicles from a, from the fleet. Uh, it was it was token at best. No additional addressing of the transportation budget, though it was a point was made at one point in the meeting that they did raise the asphalt budget slightly um, for paving roads in North Walton, something that Commissioner Gladwell seems oddly proud of paving roads. Uh, I know the road in front of our house, we lived in North Walton, that was paved, and I saw no purpose in it. And I'm sure it wasn't a major savings, but if they made enough of those concessions, they could find money. I would happily have sacrificed having our road paved for some roads down south getting uh, worked on that need it far more. But I think the biggest takeaway for me, um, and I, I welcome your input here, Sean, the biggest takeaway for me was that we need to, I don't know, we need to be aware of what's going on. We need to we need to be angry when it's time to be angry. We need to insist that our elected officials truly represent us, and if they do not, they need to be held accountable. In the current system in Walton County, we don't have the right of recall. We are not a charter county, so we have to rely on the election process that takes place every two years or every four years for the given seat. But in the meantime, we need to show up. We need to hold their feet to the fire. It is a civic responsibility that if we want our county and our home to be better, we need to put in the work just as we expect them to put in the work. Something that it does not appear they're doing. Well, they're not completely forthcoming and honest. Um, if you go read the statutes that they like to call out, they're not that difficult to read, and I think that people really should read them as they apply. Uh, we were lied to, not by just one person, but the commissioners, and um, that's important because they assume that we have no clue. And Danny, Danny specifically, and I use his name because he speaks you know, more often than anyone else. Yeah, well, he he tells the people that come up and speak that they're only allowed to speak to him as the chairperson and not to the, any of the other commissioners. And I have a major problem with that as well. I, I live in District 3. 
for months, I had no representative on that board. Now, Commissioner Drake is there. If I come to that podium to speak to my elected representatives, to think I can't turn and address my commissioner directly with a concern or something that's related to my district, that's crazy to me. There's no reason that we can only face one person when we're up there. I could I could see maybe justifying saying don't address the CFO unless, sh- sh- you know, the board brings her into the conversation on something and she's speaking to you in answer of something. But those five commissioners, well, four and now five commissioners that we have, the citizens should be able to equally address all of those commissioners if they have specific uh, points to make with them based off of their comments they've made. Most often, the citizen is up there responding to something that a specific commissioner added to the conversation prior to them coming up there to not even be able to respond or address that directly back to the person who said it is makes no sense. And it frankly seems insulting to the intelligence and the contribution of the citizen. Um, I don't remember. There was something else I was going to say there, but it, Oh, I know what it was. You, you mentioned the statute and that reminded me on this transportation issue and this is this is not only about transportation, but it's impl- it's uh, representative of how things are being done around here. Back in 2022, they tried to push a one percent surtax on the on Walton County, voting for that under the auspices of it would be a transportation surtax to raise forty million dollars a year to fix our roads and bring the roads down south up up to par, and it would be paid for by the tourists only. I'm sure you all remember it, but statutorily, it was illegal. We could not levy that tax. Ultimately, after the fact, after the citizens stood up, said not only no, but heck no, to the tune of 70% no, only after all that was done and we got into 2023, were they finally forced to admit they were never eligible to do that. And that took multiple citizens getting up there over multiple meetings, quoting, showing, laying out the regs, laying out the timeline, showing them documents that they acted like they didn't even know existed, documents that were directly referenced in what they were saying gave them permission. Citizens had to do the work to show them they were wrong, and they were wrong. And it was wrong supported by the Department of Revenue, etc. So then they finally dropped that and they immediately launched the campaign for $40 million loan using taxpayer money to pay off a $40 million loan for infrastructure. We got to have it. People are dying on the roads, Commissioner Glidewell said. This is critical, critical infrastructure that we simply cannot afford to do unless we take out a loan. Well, ultimately, that loan got voted down by the commission due to the interest rates and everything else that's going on. Then the budget comes around, the 2024 budget. Not counting the set-aside, it was still over $40 million increase in budget. And how much of that $40 million windfall year over year did they invest into that critical infrastructure that they needed $40 million a year tax increase or $40 million loan for? 
None. And I ask you, where are their priorities? How are we supposed to, how can we be expected to trust the judgment and honesty of those we have elected and put in office after they push an illegal tax on us, try and take out a loan on us, and then when they have the excess budget, and I'm not even saying they had to put all $40 million of that excess budget, but something, something towards the transportation to indicate that what they've been telling us for a year and a half about the critical nature of those road improvements to push these other agendas, something about that was honest and true, and they meant what they said for a year and a half? No, nothing. No, no indication that what they tried to sell us for a year and a half actually meant anything, that it was serious. Where does that leave a citizen? Where does that leave us in relation to those that we have put in office and are entrusting with the revenue, the tax money that we pay to them with the understanding that that money will be used to improve our lives, to maintain our infrastructure, maintain our maintain our quality of life in Walton County, whether you live in North Walton, Central Walton, in the Freeport area, or south of the Bay. We all have equal right to a quality of life and to prioritization and responsible stewardship of our tax investment here in our home. And right now, there's no indication that we can trust that they have that best interest in heart in any of their decision-making. There may be wonderful things they're deciding to do, but when you break, break the trust of the citizens, there's a lot of work to be done to rebuild it. And the only way they can rebuild that is if we get involved, we show up, we communicate clearly, we hold them responsible for that, and they start actually reacting and acting based off citizen input instead of insulting us, being put off by us, ignoring us, laughing at us in some instances from the dais, and have a working relationship with us. And it's incumbent on us and our civic responsibility to be engaged, informed, educate ourselves, and unfortunately, in Walton County, Florida, to an extent, do their job because they are not. We need to read those statutes. We need to read these budgets. We need to look into what's being done, educate ourselves, and speak out. We need to communicate with each other. We need to, I don't want to say strategize, but we need, we need to be working together, having these discussions online, talking through these things so that we have a common voice, north and south. There are things both communities need. We have to stop ignoring each other or pointing fingers at each other and think of the common good that we can do. The south raises all the money. The north has room to expand. There are things that we can offer and work together to hold our elected representative responsible. Elections are coming up in 2024. District 5, south of the Bay, is going to be up for election. We still have 60% of the population north of the Bay. The way Walton County, not being a charter county, is constructed, 
That's 60% of the population north of the bay. We have an influence on who becomes a commissioner in District 5. We need to listen to the people in District 5. We need to help them get a representative that will represent them, just like we need that in District 4, District 1, District 2, and District 3. The only way these districts are all going to be properly represented is if we work together and communicate together. We don't let the North shove, a rep, shove an inappropriate representative into the South or vice versa or any other which way around that. So we can't trust our government right now. I'm sorry. I truly believe that. So it's on us. And I'm sorry, Sean, I've been on a little bit of rant. Do you have anything you want to say there? No, I'm good. <laughs> all right um i guess that's enough for now if you want to uh, contact us please email sean at ss raleigh at protonmail.com please respond to anywhere you see this posted we would love to see conversations and input from you all and discussions about anything we've said or anything you would like to uh hear us talk about in the future and please uh be involved, be informed, and be part of the solution because goodness knows they're clearly not going to be. Or you could also have guests. Somebody wants to talk here. Yes. I'm sorry. Thank you, Sean. Um, and we're working on the, the capability to have guests on here. Um, for anyone that would like to have a discussion with us about these issues, bring your unique perspectives and points of view, um, talk about these things, so that we can share those conversations with our fellow citizens. We'd love to uh, be facilitate that and grow the conversation beyond just my voice, Sean's voice. And we'd like to include all of your voices going forward as you, as much as y'all would like. So we look forward to hearing from you on that. And thank you very much for tuning in and have as good a day as you can in Walton County. Take care and we'll talk to you next time.